from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus proposed another parable to the crowd, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all through the heat and then w- wheat and then went off. When the crop grew and bore fruit, the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slave said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He replied, No. If you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until harvest. Then at harvest time I will say to the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles for burning, but gather the wheat into my barn. He proposed another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a person took and sowed in a field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, yet when full grown, it is the largest of plants. It becomes a large bush, and the birds of the sky come and dwell in its branches. He spoke to them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast, that a woman took and mixed with three measures of wheat flour until the whole batch was leavened. All these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables, He spoke to them only in parables to fulfill what had been said through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will announce what was laid hidden from the foundation of the world. Then dismissing the crowds, he went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He said in reply, He who sows good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And the good seeds are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Just as weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels. They will collect out of his kingdom all who cause others to sin and all evildoers. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears ought to hear the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. So Jesus gives us three parables with British fashion. The the the. Jesus gives us three parables about the church. And the first is this this parable of the mustard seed, this tiny, tiny seed that gets planted into the ground and disappears, but then it grows into this magnificent plant, the largest of all trees that the birds of the air come and build nests in its branches. And this, of course, is the church. The seed that was planted in the ground is Christ's body. His body was planted in the ground, but when it rose, it became the church. And the church spreads throughout the world, and you and I are able to build our home in the branches of the church, this place where we find peace and rest, this place where we find our home. 
And the second is the, the parable of the yeast, the leaven, that gets mixed in throughout the dough, and it causes the dough to, to rise, to, it causes the dough to become something better. It causes the dough to become a wonderful loaf of bread that provides food. And that is the church. The church is planted in the world. It is mixed in with the world. Each of us have our own jobs, our families. We have our friends. We have our neighbors. And we are that yeast. We are that leaven that is placed in the world to make the world a better place, to change the very substance of the world. And so there becomes bread that will feed all of mankind. We become that loaf because we are the yeast that causes the world to rise. And then the third parable is the one that kind of gets the most attention in this, uh, in this passage today, and that is this parable of the wheat and the weeds. Now, obviously, this is an end-of-the-world parable. It's a parable that is not unlike the one in Matthew 25 that's a little bit more popular, more well-known, where God separates the sheep from the goats, the righteous from the unrighteous, those who care for humanity and those who do not. And so again, you have these two types of, of people, those, of the, those who are righteous, the, the wheat that is planted, the children of God planted by the word of God, and then you have the weeds, those that are planted by, Jesus says, the devil, by the evil one. They are the children of the evil one. And at the end of the time, the angels come and separate them. And the children of the evil one, the weeds, they go into the fire and the wheat goes into life everlasting. Very simple and straightforward. But it might be just a little bit misleading because it really kind of leads us into a dualistic kind of thinking. It creates kind of an us and them scenario, isn't it? We're the wheat and they're the weeds. You know, it's like I often hear people say there are two kinds of people, those who love dogs and those who love cats, right? You've heard something similar to that. Or two kinds of people, those who eat meat and those who eat vegetables, right? We, 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 we like to categorize people into these two kinds of uh, thinking because we, we're basically dualistic people. We have two sides of our brain. We have two arms, two eyes, you know. You know the song from Sesame Street. And so we tend to think in, in this way. But I don't see in the life and teaching ministry of Jesus a real concept of, of dualism. See, Jesus doesn't seem to categorize people like that. He tends to treat all people with all people with mercy. You know, one of the things that Jesus says, which really kind of confuses people, is that he tells the Pharisees that the that the traitors and the thieves are going to get to heaven before them. Well, it should be just the other way around, right? Because after all, the Pharisees, they're the ones who kept all the law. They're the ones who kept all the rules. They were the religious people. They studied the scriptures. They did all of the good things. Wouldn't they be the wheat? But yet, he says, those, those who are the sinners, the traitors and the thieves, they know they need God's mercy. And so they seek God for mercy. 
Whereas those who think they're doing everything right, well, they don't always turn to God. They, they think they're going to earn heaven in their own strength. Jesus extends mercy to the woman caught in adultery. Even from the cross, those who are crucifying Jesus, he extends to them mercy because he says, they don't know what they're doing. So the concept of this, the good and the evil, the right and the wrong, may not quite be exactly what God has in mind in this. Because the reality is, I think that there are people who like both dogs and cats. And there are people who don't want any dogs or cats around. And there are people who like meat and vegetables, and then there are people, kind of like myself, who only like ice cream. Life is a little bit different, perhaps from this dualism, this us and them, where we can say, oh, we're the wheat, and the weeds are those who don't look like us, don't worship like us, don't agree with our opinions or agendas. Maybe it's a little different. See, actually I have a friend who says, actually there are three kinds of people. He says there are those who are saints, who do everything with a clear conscience before God and man. And there are those who are so evil that their consciences have been burned to a crisp, who are no longer able to feel remorse about anything. And the rest of us have trouble sleeping at night. And there's some truth to that. So I think that, at least in, in what I think Christ would speak to us out of this parable this morning, is that there's a little bit of wheat and a little bit of weed in each of us. St. Paul encourages us to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And so a lot of times we can we can perceive our thoughts, we can ideas, our, our agendas, our opinions, and bring them to obedience to Christ. Does our opinion, does our agenda, does our thought really express love of God and love of neighbor? Or is it just expressing love of ourselves? We can bring our thoughts and obedience to Christ to see what is it Jesus wants in this world? What does he want from us in this world? Many times I have said, and you'll get tired of me saying this, I'm sure, that our lives are not so much a conflict between good and evil as they are between truth and falsehood. Jesus sows into our hearts his truth. He sows into our hearts the very word and life of God. And the devil, and quite frankly much of the world, is constantly trying to sow into our hearts and minds a lie. And the devil knows that if he can get us to believe his lie, then he can enslave us. We become a slave to the lies that we believe. So to pursue truth, to know truth, can sometimes be confusing in this world in which there are so many voices, very loud voices, 
that are constantly speaking to us and trying to lead us astray into slavery. To find truth, quite frankly, we're not going to find it from the news media. I don't care which station you listen to. We're not going to find it from our political parties. And again, I don't care what political party you're a part of. We're not going to find it from the voices of those who shout in earnest and passionately try to persuade us to their way of thinking. We're not going to find the truth there. We're only going to find the truth in that still small voice of the Holy Spirit that St. Paul talks about in our second reading today. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. That he expresses the life of God to us in inexpressible groanings. That if we take time to, to meditate, to pray, to seek Christ, to seek the Holy Spirit in our lives, he will reveal himself to us because Jesus wants us to find him. Jesus wants us to know him. The Holy Spirit wants to bring us into all truth. But that takes some effort on our part, some ability to still our hearts and minds, to pray, to really, truly seek God's opinion, God's agenda, not our own. And when we can surrender ourselves to truth, then we will not be led astray by the lies that seek to enslave us. Rather, we will be embraced by the truth and find there true freedom.